Welcome to the Big List Podcast, the podcast where we list the weird, the wonderful, the interesting, and sometimes the downright funny. We are your hosts, Ben and Jerry. No, <laughs> we're not ice cream. That'd be great though. <laughs> we're your hosts, Ames and Katie. And today we are talking about Slenderman. Ooh, spooky, spooky. Um, I think we can officially fire me from doing our own show sound effects, yeah? Agree. Okay, cool. Thank you very much for joining us for our second episode. We're very excited to be here bringing it to you. When did you first hear about Slenderman? Quite a few years back now. So I think when it became the online sensation, that's when I first heard about it. And when I heard of how people were interpreting Slenderman. Mm-hmm. It's like one of these things like the black-eyed children. It's mm-hmm. kind of one of those myths. And for me, um, I find these things fascinating. So, yeah, quite a few years ago. I actually first heard of it uh, when a university lecturer of mine was talking about responsible media and used it as an example mm-hmm. of how an idea can really get blown out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Um Look, like, we'll let you decide. We'll let you figure out what it is you believe or how how it is you think it's been interpreted and if it's got any weight or not. Um, would love to know where he gets his tailoring done. Uh, without further ado, let's jump in. Number seven, the man, the myth. He lurks in the background of gritty black and white photos, a gaunt, too tall figure with skeletal arms. Some say he lives in the woods and eats children, a kind of demon descended from an Eastern European myth. Some say he stalks his human prey indiscriminately wherever he can find it in basements outside half-open windows, along lonely streets at night. Unlike most mythological creatures, we can actually pinpoint Slender Man's birthday. I wonder if he gets a cake. What star sign is he? Uh, funnily enough, I know the answer to this. <laughs> so, he was born on June 8th, 2009, which would make him a Gemini. <laughs> Go, Slender Man. Um, it explains a lot of things, really, like when you hear about his personality. I'm giving a mythological creature a personality here. <laughs> but when you hear about it, you're like, yeah, it makes sense. He's a Gemini. Totally. <laughs> um, on the Something Awful forum under a thread titled Create Paranormal Images. So this is a website where people can submit pictures. Um, and all of a sudden, these Slenderman pictures show up on this thread. Um, in the first widely circulated photo of Slenderman, he's depicted as a tall, out-of-focus figure, kind of in the background next to a tree. Um, I remember that picture. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty iconic. And if you think of Slenderman, you've probably seen this picture on the internet. Um, this picture purportedly came from a crime scene. So in the picture, he appears to be about eight feet tall. He shows no distinguishable facial features. And instead of a face, he has the appearance of just like a white mask. So pretty terrifying. Creepy. Yeah. From the beginning, 
It was intended to be a meme um, in the original sense of replicating the idea. Um, so the person who created the photo, his name is Nudson. I'm probably saying his name wrong. Um, please don't come at me for that. I apologize <laughs> if we have any major, like, I Heart Slenderman fans out there. Um, but his idea in creating this um, it really became a post that promoted this massive creative outburst. So he created this meme thinking it was just going to be a fun little thread and then it just blew up overnight. Mm. It went viral before going viral was yeah, a thing. Yeah, absolutely. I recall. Yeah. Um, eventually thousands of people were making drawings, writing stories, putting this character into video games. Um, he appeared, like I said, in video games while Marble Hornets, the YouTube series, featured him in stories. Um, now, this particular stream of stories on YouTube is followed by more than half a million people at this time when it first goes live. Now it's probably got like a bazillion yeah. followers. Uh, one academic described his development as open sourced storytelling. So if anyone out there has done media relations studies, the idea between open sourcing is that you start off with a seed idea and then you open it up for other people to add to the narrative. Um, and that's really seems to be what has happened here. However, there are those that claim that Slenderman is actually a modern variant from other characters written about throughout history. Number six, Ancient Beginnings. For my next point on this list, you are gonna hear me say a lot of really bad German. Are you super excited? I'm so excited. <laughs> My grandfather would be actually rolling in his grave. <laughs> really. Hit us with it. Hit yeah. us with it. Okay. So, um, so a lot of people think that uh, Slenderman has origins in other cultures, but the most predominant one that I found when I was doing my research was an old German folklore. So mm -hmm. in this one, he is referred to, and I'm not gender shaming here or gender assigning. In all of the texts, he is referred to a he, although yeah, it might be a she, might be a they, them, be might be in anything, but I'm just referring to it as I've researched it. De Grossman, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, the De Grossman legend was first reported in medieval Germany in the 16th to 18th century. He was known as simply the tall man or the big man or the giant man. I think they were getting across that he was kind of big. Yeah, because he's very tall, very thin, i.e. Slenderman. Um, not unlike my ex-husband. <laughs> <laughs> the legend states that de Grossman, again, I'm sorry, was a fairy who lived in a black forest. Now, when you think fairy that lives in a black forest, what comes to mind? Not a tall, thin man. Who eats children. No. But, as you know, the fairy are not always cute little creatures no. that we see in Disney movies. Um, a lot of people think that fairies can be very dark, especially in Irish cultures, um, even going back to some Germanic, um, like Eastern European cultures, a lot of people think that fairies are not actually a good thing. So a lot of people think he was a fairy who lived in the Black Forest. Parents would warn their children not to go out into the woods late at night or stay up too late. If they disobeyed their parents, de Grossman takes them. So, terrifying myth or flex on the parents' behalf? There are varying versions of this. In one, 
The story is that the children do not go into the forest late at night. Um, otherwise, they get chased by de Grossman. He will take them somewhere in the forest, do something to them. It's completely unreported what he does to them. And then afterwards, the children will return home and confess their bad behavior to their parents. And they will apologize profusely. So in this one, they basically get a spank on the bum and sent home to mom and dad. Mm. Other stories tell de Grossman that he lures the children into the forest by haunting the children, whispering voices in their head to come follow him. Those that do follow him are never seen ever again. So this is version number two. Mm-hmm. Version number three, the story purports that de Grossman would tap on the window of a child that stays up too late and would take them into the Black Forest and eat them. I mean, that sounds pretty good for parents, right? <laughs> Go to bed. Oh, oh you're going to get eaten. eaten. <laughs> um, like, quick digression here, quick story. Um, until I was eight years old, I was convinced that there was something in my closet that was going to eat me because my dad told me as much. He used to tie one of his business ties around the closet doors to keep whatever it was in. And the only condition that he would tie that tie around the, da- the handle doors was that I stayed in my bed. Works for me. So, Note to self. Class parenting. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> totally well adjusted now. <laughs> in my research, I did find a translation um, of a story back from 1702 that was written in what they believe to be a fairly reputable source. Um, although we cannot verify these sources because I wasn't really thought about in 1702. So this letter allegedly describes an incident with the Slender Man. My child, my Lars, he is gone. So this is a direct translation. Okay. Not going to read it in German. Why? Because I'm not good at it. Okay. (laughs) My child, my Lars, he is gone, taken from his bed. The only thing that we found was a scrap of black clothing. It feels like cotton, but is softer, thicker. Lars came into my bedroom yesterday, screaming at the top of his lungs that... The angel is outside. The angel is outside. I asked him what he was talking about. He told me some nonsense fairy about a man named De Grossman. He said he went into the groves by our village and he found one of the cows dead hanging from a tree. I thought nothing of it at first, but now he is gone. We must find Lars and my family must leave before we are killed. I am so sorry, my son. I should have listened. May God forgive me. So, kind of dark. Very dark. Wouldn't put it on a postcard. So, to describe what Tall Man, uh, Slender Man looks like, Mm. um, I'll do my best to give you kind of a visual if you have no idea. It's told that the Grossman was incredibly tall, really thin, and that he has multiple upper limbs. So, in the modern version of the photographs that we see, he has like a humanic kind of appearance correct i've not heard the multiple limb before yeah so in some of the ancient um or historical sources they report it to him have more like um octopus tentacles so he has multiple arms that go in multiple different directions that allows him to grab children from their beds like scoop them up so multiple children Yeah, yeah and and pick them up and take them so and this is this imagery is followed through in Chinese folklore, Germanic yeah. folklore, 
Indian folklore. So across cultures, this is what they're reporting that this person looks like. His facial features, on the other hand, um, also described extremely differently. So everyone agrees mm. multiple limbs, but no one agrees what his face looks like. And I think that's the thing that is so unclear. Even when you look at the images, he doesn't really have a face. And I think that's what half of the creep factor is. He He doesn't have facial features. I mean... If I'm asking, is this creepy? One of the first things I go through in my checklist is, does it have a face? If it has a face, yeah. less creepy. If it has a Robert the Doll face, go straight to creepy. <laughs> but first category, like, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. You must have a face. Yeah. Yeah. Some describe it as having, like, pearl-orbed eyes and no actual face. So he's just kind of got socket-type yeah. things where his eyes should be. Others describe him to be faceless, but to have a gruesome, teethy grin. And I have seen those images with yeah. the, the angry teeth. I'm going to get shot by all the comic book fans out there right now. But I think <laughs> I think Venom is who I'm thinking of. I think he's supposed to have like a Venom-type mouth. Okay. The most common thread between all of these different accounts is that the one thing he can do in every instance is that he can shapeshift, mind control, and manipulate his victims to do his bidding. So apparently he can manipulate other children to get other children to follow him. Wow. I, I hadn't heard that. I have not heard that before. Yeah, so I did find some pretty cool stuff when I was Absolutely. researching. Number five. The event that started it all. So now that I've told you a little bit about sort of the folklore, the more ancient folklore, now I'm going to bring you up to modern times and the stories, the mythical stories around the modern, modern occurrences. So on the evening of the 13th of June, 1986, 14 children vanished from Sterling City. So Sterling City is in Butte County, California, located on the Paradise Ridge in the western foothills of Sierra Nevada. So really pretty, really mountainous, lots and lots and lots of forests around. On the 13th of June, a local photographer by the name of Mary Thomas managed to take a number of photos of children playing in a park outside of the town library. So that's where we get that famous photo mm -hmm. from. Later that evening, the children disappeared. Mary was also reported missing the following day. Upon investigation of the children and Mary's disappearance, the only thing that was retrieved was her camera and it was found in the park outside the library so there was no other physical evidence left behind from this disappearance except for mary's camera one week later there was actually a fire at the sterling city library so the same location where they found the camera and okay. everything started there was a big fire most of the books and materials inside the library were destroyed but mysteriously two copies of the photo with slender man appeared inside the library rubble. Books destroyed, newspapers destroyed, articles destroyed. They find two photographs in perfect condition untouched by the flames. Okay, coincidence. <sighs> but here's the weird part. Okay. Police investigating the scene have no way of explaining how copies of these photos got into the library as police had only made one copy of the film on Mary's camera, and that copy was at the police station under police custody. 
So so how did they get there? Random copies of these photos showed up and they have no idea how they got there. And this is fact, right? We're talking about facts here. Well, this is the modern story that okay. starts Slender Man. Some believe it to be true. Some believe it to be more myth. Some believe it to be a combination of the two things. It is reported that there was a real person named Mary. It is reported she did go missing on that day. Mm -hmm. It is reported she lived in that city. So all those things have been confirmed. The 14 children going missing, not confirmed. But the fire, confirmed. So there was a fire, Mm -hmm. whether or not photos showed up. So there's definitely elements of the truth. We just don't know how great those degrees of truth are. Fascinating nonetheless. Yeah. These random photos show up in the fire and the hunt for the children and Mary ensued, but there was never any sign of them ever again. Slender Man, the true story. Okay, so now we've heard about Slender Man, the myth and the mystery. I want to turn us to where Slender Man spilled into real life. Wait, he spilled into real life? He did. Was it like a smoothie that spilled everywhere? If only. <laughs> if only it was that light and fairy. Strap in for part two. I was going to say, finish that sentence. Finish that strap in <laughs> sentence. <laughs> Do it. You won't. Number four. The backstory. Let's uh, shift our minds to, to the Slender Man real life story okay so i'm gonna start off um, by saying that this is a case that has been covered extensively right on many many platforms mm-hmm. um podcasts youtube you name it mm-hmm. so what i'm just going to do is focus on the main points of the story today mm-hmm. so let's start off so we're in the year 2014 okay we have three young girls Um, I'm just going to refer to them by their first names uh, just for ease of reference. So we've got Morgan, Anissa, and Peyton. Um, It's a pretty name. I like that name. Yeah. The the three girls went to school together. Is Peyton the one that turned psycho? No, definitely not. Okay, good. Then I still like the name. Keep going. It's, It's a wonderful name. So all girls are at this point in 2014, 12 years old. So to begin with, Morgan and Peyton were best friends. And for some time, they were each other's only friend. At some point, Anissa came to the school um, and they befriended her. So their duo went to a trio. Never works. Over some time, Morgan and Anissa really became obsessed with the idea of Slender Man. They spent countless hours researching him, looking into the myth of the online sensation, and they truly, truly believed that Slender Man was real. They also believed that to please Slender Man, they thought they would need to attack and kill someone to be allowed to go live in his mansion. So he's gone from living in the Black Forest to now living in a mansion in a forest. I mean, talk about a flex. Like, le- got he, the he leveled up hard. Yeah. Peyton was actually frightened of Slender Man. So she didn't really spend much time researching or really engaging in the topic. She kind of left that to the other two girls. It was not a, a point of interest for her. She even asked her parents one night, 
you know, is Slenderman real? And her mum and dad said, look, it's it's an online myth. Um, and she sort of just stayed away from it. I mean, same Peyton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On Friday night, uh, it's the 30th of May, 2014. And the girls have a sleepover for Morgan's birthday. That night, Peyton noticed that the other two girls were acting a little odd. They'd usually stay up all night, not sleeping and hanging out. And for some reason, the other two girls wanted to go to bed early. It turns out that that evening, Morgan and Anissa had hatched a plan to kill Peyton in her sleep. But for some reason, they didn't go through with the plan. They were going to kill her in her sleep to go and be with Slenderman. Okay. What... What ha- what happens in they're twelve, right? They're twelve. I mean, I know that twelve year old brains are still developing, very much developing. Your brain doesn't actually develop until you're twenty five, so you can't actually make logical decisions until you're twenty five. True fact. Look it up. Mm. Science said so. Um, but what is happening in that twelve year old? Like, what were you doing when you were twelve? I was creating dances by the pool and doing different dives into the pool. In a uh, synchronized swimming fashion. Uh, did you also do handstands in the pool? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, we, while we were getting water rushing up our nose and making mm. dances to Britney Spears and Mariah Carey, these girls were planning to murder one of their best friends. Yeah. So, sleepovers happened. The following day, the girls get up. The three girls decide to go down to David's Park in Wisconsin. Um, so the, the three of them walk down there um, and the girls decide to play hide and seek in the woods. So Anissa tells Peyton to lay on the ground, cover ourselves in leaves and twigs and the rest of it, and we'll play hide and seek. So Peyton lays down as instructed, ready to hide. I really, I hate where this story is going already. Number three, the attack. So we're in the woods. Peyton is laying down on the ground as instructed. Unknown to Peyton, Morgan had actually brought a knife with her. Once Peyton was on the ground, Morgan started to stab her over and over. Peyton was stabbed in her arms, legs, and torso with a 13-centimeter blade, which is about five inches. Two of the wounds were to major organs, one wound missing her major artery of her heart by less than a millimeter. One wound went through her diaphragm, cutting into her liver and stomach. So Morgan and Anissa, after this, tell Peyton, stay there. We're going to go get help. So they stab her and they're like, chill here for a minute. We're going to go get help. Correct. So did they stab, like, did they have remorse after stabbing her or? No, because they were doing this to be with Slenderman. I am shook right now. So the girls actually leave. They don't go get help. They leave. Peyton is laying bleeding in this park on the ground. That poor little baby, she's probably thinking her friends are going to go get help and she's just bleeding out. Peyton, absolute trooper, drags herself from the park to a nearby road. Can you even imagine this girl? She's not walking. She's crawling and dragging herself. 
Um, no, I cannot. You have heard me complain when I have a bad blister. She, so, no, I no. cannot imagine. And she's covered in blood, head to toe. Very luckily, Peyton comes across a cyclist. The cyclist looks at her and goes, what the hell? Calls 911 immediately. The paramedics arrive on site very quickly and they rush her to hospital. On her arrival, the doctors were completely shocked by her condition. The nurses started to count her wounds, each of them unable to reach a number. So there were nurses there going, I count 16. Nope, I've got 17, 19 wounds. She spends six hours in intensive surgery. Uh, only six? Like, that? that's a miracle. The wounds were um, damaged soft tissue on her arms and legs. Mm-hmm. She had the stab wound to her abdomen that went through her diaphragm into her liver. And the stab wound to the chest nearly pierced her heart Um, The doctor actually stated that if the knife had gone the width of a human hair further, she would have died. That's crazy. So clearly someone is looking out for her that day. And the first thing, so after all of this surgery, when Peyton comes to, the very first question out of her mouth was, are they in custody? Number two, the aftermath. Okay, so we've got Peyton awake after surgery. So let's talk a little bit about the aftermath. So apparently the stabbing was executed by Morgan with Anissa reporting she just couldn't simply do it. So it was Morgan that carried out the deed. Morgan was a middle child, wasn't she? (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't come at me, middle people. (laughs) Both girls were actually tried as adults in the court. Good. Anissa was assessed and deemed medically ill at the time of the attack. So she was deemed to have schizophrenia and psychotic spectrum disorder, making her prone to delusions and paranoid beliefs, which would explain some of this fascination with this viral sensation. I mean, explains a lot, but where were... The parents. Like, how many systems have to fail before your child gets to this point? Mm. Anissa was charged with attempted second-degree homicide with a 25-year sentence to a Winnebago Mental Health Institute, which involved three years in a confinement and involuntary treatment in a state psychiatric institute, followed by communal supervision until the age of 37. Yikes. I mean, I should still be under supervision too, but not because I stabbed someone. Morgan was charged with attempted first-degree murder. Morgan was sentenced to 40 years in a secure psychiatric institute in addition to involuntary treatment in a state psychiatric institute until the resolution of her symptoms or until the age of 53, whichever happens first. That's crazy. So... This is where the story ends, right? Well, yeah, I mean... No, we have an update. And number one, where are we today? 
we're in 2021. So let's talk about an update on the real Slenderman story. Tell me. So Morgan has attempted to appeal her conviction, requesting she's retried as a child. How old is she now? Well, she was 12 in 2014. So she's an adult now, but she's trying to get her conviction overturned and be retried as a child, even though she's an adult. Correct. Seems fair. Keep going. These appeals have been rejected by the appeals court. Good. Rightfully so. Good. So this this next one got me a little bit, kind of got me a little bit um, hot under the collar. Like I was a little bit agitated when I read this one, but that is adorable. <laughs> Louis, did, did you just say hot under the collar? Yeah, kind of. It set me off a little bit. Oh, guys, you should see her. She's so cute. <laughs> it really set me off. Anissa has written to the courts asking for early release. She wrote a letter. This is the piece that got me. She quotes, "I hate my actions on the day of the attack, but through countless hours of therapy." I no longer hate myself. I need to be part of society. Anissa claims that she has been exhausted by the treatment for her medical health concerns. In a crazy turn of events, in September 2021, Anissa was released from the Winnebago Mental Health Institute after spending four years in the facility. What? The judge ruled she no longer posed a threat. Oh, that's some bullshit. The judge consented to a release plan for Anissa. The release plan is that Anissa will live with her father and continue to receive psychiatric care. She will submit to around-the-clock GPS monitoring, no contact with Peyton or her family, no weapon possession, and a social media ban. Internet can be used, but it will be monitored by the courts. Yeah, sure. Because we all know courts do a great job of monitoring things. So it's no surprise for Peyton and her family, they were extremely nervous about this release. Uh, yeah. She Absolutely. only did four years. And she was exhausted by the medical treatment. You can only think what impact this has had on Peyton and her mental health. Yeah, like Peyton, after this attack... She, she doesn't get a parole. Like, she doesn't get a release. The suff- the trauma and the suffering she's been through will c- carry out throughout her life. She, I, I hate using the term survivor mm-hmm. because it yeah. makes the person seem like somewhat of a victim. But she is a warrior from this attack. And she's carrying this her whole, her whole existence. Yeah. This is such BS. Peyton doesn't look at it the same way that she used to. She's grown a lot. So she looks at this situation and she says, you know what, Um, I'm the woman I am today because of what I've been through and I'm strong. She has no hate. She's moved on with her life. So Peyton is now in college as a sophomore. She has a part-time job. She purchased her first car in September. Aw, and she has two cats named Salem and Lilith. Oh, love that for her. So she's moved on. She's doing amazing. But I think this story just shows the seriousness of Slenderman the myth spilling into real life. And, And the consequences that come from these viral sensations. They just, it's insane. I mean, it's not quite swallowing Tide Pods. Um but still really irresponsible. 
like in terms of social media trends. That's right. And and so how much of it is to blame on social media? How much it is to is it to blame on parent supervision? And, and I think the the question that keeps coming back in my mind is was justice really served? Because if that knife had gone a millimeter more, we would be talking about someone who had passed away. Yeah. Like to go back to, uh, look, I'm just going to say the dude who made the meme because I'm going to butcher his name again. Fair. So the dude who made the meme, going back to that guy, like he's participating in a seemingly harmless, basically th- like thread, right? Mm. Like he he's, he's sitting at home, having his coffee, feeling a little bit bored, thinking I'm going to use this wonderful tool in front of me as a creative outlet probably thinking I'm going to win a competition. People are going to congratulate me on how great I'm doing. Like fast forward a few years and I, I couldn't wake up in the morning. I would feel so guilty. Mm. And there's a lot of these things. I remember there was um, a bit of a trend going around. I think it was called the blue whale or something along those lines where um, people online were assisting other people to commit suicide and encouraging it. It all falls into that same sort of bucket. Oh, it just, it gives you the icks, like the complete icks. Um, and look, I think to a certain degree, living online and being online is current in our society. But it's also a privilege. It is, and people also have the right to be creative. You shouldn't be stifled with your creativity online. So I kind of feel like he was expressing creativity and people have just run away with it. Like I hate I hate being that the person to say, well, where were the parents? What about the parents? But it comes down to just please know what's going on in your children's lives. I know it's tough as they get older, but please just be involved. Had these parents have thought maybe this is a bit of an unhealthy obsession maybe we wouldn't be talking about this. I don't know. I think I think what also really shocks me about this is, so after the girls brutally attacked Peyton and they said they were going for help, they started walking. I know. Like, it's just the they, they got onto the motorway and were walking. And when they were picked up by the police... They said, where are you going? And they're, they, they're pointing in the distance and going, well, Slender Man's out in the forest in the distance. We're walking to the forest. And they were like, we don't know, but we know Slender Man's out there. Like, it just doesn't make sense. None of this makes sense. But let's just agree, Peyton, badass. Total badass. And uh, we really need to look at mental health our reforms for young people and I feel really old when I say that but we do and four years is bullshit yeah and uh, you know we will dive into um the whole bucket of mental health it's you know it's something that's on our list of items to on our m- big list <laughs> yeah and it's something <laughs> we really want to talk about so um we will park that one but we definitely will come to you in the future with our thoughts on mental health yeah um we'll we'll come come and have a discussion about 
um, some of the emerging fields that are coming up um, and things that have impacted people we know mm. and sort of just to help to bring that conversation to the front. But we have lots of other fun things to talk we about. Do. I promise you we're not all spooky and sad. We also have really fun lists coming to you. We do. That's all the time we have for today's list. If you have a suggestion for what you want to list about, you can let us know. You can chirp us on Twitter at the Big List Pod. You can follow us on Instagram at the Big List Podcast. You can make fun of us on TikTok, uh, the Big List Podcast. Or go old school, send us an email at biglistpod at gmail.com. Next time we are talking about haunted locations. More specifically, places you would love to go on vacation. (laughs) And this list is going to be big. Bye. Bye.